0: The rotating menu at the Tavern, Greenhouse Gardens, Barn, and more. TheArnoldHouse.com
1: Clouds tonight are going to clear out for the overnight with a low down to 19. So clear and cold tonight. Mostly sunny tomorrow, but there may be a few afternoon clouds. Otherwise, mostly sunny, high around 40. Uh, Increasing clouds tomorrow night. Cloudy with showers later at night and overnight low down to 28 tomorrow night. Right now? It's time for the Local Edition. Welcome to the Local Edition, news and information to keep you connected in the Catskills and in Northeast Pennsylvania. We're going to be talking about holiday events happening in our listening area over the course of the next eight days, including holiday magic in Narrowsburg this Sunday. Also, an update on the redistricting issues in New York State. Actually, some good news on that topic, so stick around for that. But first, Thursday evening is when we connect with Wayne County. And Wayne County and Wayne Tomorrow have put a concerted emphasis on on supporting the agricultural community is something we've been covering right along here on the local edition. Important part of that emphasis is providing farmers and other agricultural producers with access to the information they need to be successful. In September, the Field and Forage Crops team welcomed new extension educator Zach Curtis, who brings his background in agronomy to the community and to the airwaves right now. because He's on the phone with us. Hello, Zach. Welcome to the program. Hold on one moment. Sorry about that. Hello, Zach. Welcome to the program. Hello. Thanks. <laughs> so, um, this is a new position, but I hear you're not new to Wayne County, are you?
2: No, no, not at all. In fact, I grew up in Waymart. I attended the Western Wayne schools. Um, in fact, parts of my family have actually been involved, uh, in farming locally for nearly a hundred years. Um, so I'm excited to play my role in continuing that tradition as well.
1: And it said here in the introduction, you've you've got a background in agronomy. Do you want to explain like what that background is? Is that what you went to school for?
2: Well, kind of. So I I, I went to Penn State. I graduated back in 2019. Um, I originally went to school uh, studying animal science, and nutrition. I thought I was going to graduate and be a be a dairy cattle nutritionist. But uh, somewhere along the way, I started taking these classes in crop science and soil science. And uh, as as luck would have it, that's actually what I do now. It's what I've been doing the past couple of years. And that's the stuff I really enjoy the most. It's uh, just a lot of work with crop management, uh, weed management, um, understanding soils and manure management. um, Just a whole big picture that comes into play when you're talking about crop management.
1: And with that area of interest in particular, uh, it sounds like the land grant colleges and, uh, in particular, the, the cooperative extensions, that's a good place for you. You have a, you're, now you're with the cooperative extension in, in Wayne County. Um, so what, what, but just before coming to the extension, were you doing anything else between school and this latest position? Yeah, I
2: did. So right right after I graduated, I moved north and I actually worked for a large dairy farm in, in Western New York. I was a member of their crops team. Uh, I spent several months up there working with them. Um, and at the end of the, mo- the summer, I ended up I moved south and I moved down to Southern Pennsylvania. And down there, I worked for a feed mill as a salesman. I, I did technical support for the rest of the sales team. Um, and I spent my time about. About a fifty-fifty split, doing sales work and doing agronomy support work. Uh, so it kind of worked together to build a nice blend of working on farm and in industry, and help me gain a better understanding of the real-world challenges that our farmers are facing.
1: So now you're at the extension, and like you said, you're helping farmers, you're helping people with with their crops and other things. Can can you describe some of what you do to help local farmers?
2: So Extension is available to any farmer uh, via email, phone, or in-person meetings. Uh, farmers are welcome to contact us in whatever way is the most convenient for them. Uh, they can also stop by any time that they're driving through Holmesdale and visit at us at our office at the Park Street Complex. Um, but even if you have questions that we can't answer directly in our office, uh, you know, we're collecting connected to a statewide network of educators that can help us find the resources and solutions to the problems that you're facing. Uh, That's the beauty of the Penn State Extension System, is that it's made up of a network of individuals who all have the same interests as you, and many of them have practical knowledge from their own farming background. Um, You know, chances are that good that somebody else in Pennsylvania has dealt with the issues that you might be facing. So you're certainly not alone in, in, in the, Things that you're trying to figure out.
1: No, and you know it can be a solitary life sometimes, depending on the type of farming you're doing. But but nobody's an island, especially in agriculture. You know, everybody, you know, kind of learns from each other. And at some point, you gotta you gotta go to folks that got the info.
2: Absolutely. Even though you might not be able to see your neighbor's house directly from yours, and sometimes it gets kind of dark out here in the stretch in the far reaches of the county. Um, you know, we're not alone. We, we want our farmers to know that they have the support and the resources that they need in order to overcome some of these issues that they're facing in their day to day lives.
1: What, what are some of the questions that you get uh, from farmers?
2: So, I, I only started about two months ago, but so far I've had several producers uh, raise questions on uh, improving their soil fertility. Uh, I'm thrilled that our Producers recognize this, that this is the basis of our cropping systems um, in order to produce quality crops in a cost effective way. I've also had several questions on improving forage quality, which is excellent because forage quality is the most important factor driving efficient animal production. But uh, in the coming years, I-, I want our producers to keep the questions coming because that's what helps extension understand what issues need to be addressed and what problems we need to fix. Um, in order for Extension to be the best resource possible to our farmers, we need them to ask questions. These questions help us organize our education to meet their needs, and these questions help us promote research projects to continue learning more about these subjects at hand.
1: You talk about forage quality, so that's that's what the animals are actually grazing on, Right.
2: Yeah, forage quality, It's a, you know, it's a combination of different factors, whether it be the maturity, of the, the stage of maturity that we're harvesting that plant at, whether it be the crop that we're actually growing. Uh, there's a variety of factors that come into play with forage quality, but those are really the things that are the key drivers in helping us to grow, whether it's beef, whether it's sheep, whether it's wool, whether it's milk. Um, any one of those forages that we're growing to 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 feed to ruminants or even horses, we want to make sure that we're producing the best quality feed that we possibly can.
1: And now, um, and and given that you have real experience with the soil, you've you've got experience with the area. I was wondering, is there? Is there anything you can say like can you typify what the soil quality is like in our region in northeast Pennsylvania and you spend some time in western New York or does it really does it really depend on where exactly somebody is?
2: It depends on where somebody is but unfortunately compared to some of the other areas I've worked in it's just the soil tends to be poor it's just a and it's no fault of our farmers it's just our native soil is, has low pH it has low fertility um, and it's poorly drained, but, you know, we can certainly work to improve a lot of those factors if we make smart, cost-effective choices in, um, you know, the inputs that we buy and, and the nutrients that we spread and how we manage those soils. Um, so it's, it's definitely tougher than other areas have it, but it's not impossible by any means.
1: Is part, is part of those decisions uh, involve what actually gets planted as well? whether it's cover or the actual primary crop?
2: Absolutely. Uh, You know, whether it's a a hay crop, whether we're deciding that we want to pasture or timber an area, uh, whether it's an area that we want to grow corn, um, or just an area that we understand we can't do anything with because maybe it's too wet to really do anything with, and it's it's best to leave it as a wetland. But, um, you know, certainly recognizing the limitations of our land is, the the first step in uh, making good management decisions
1: i know we're uh there's a lot going on before the end of the year is are there any uh upcoming events that you're involved with at your extension that you want to let folks know whether that's uh before the end of the year or looking ahead to next year
2: well i don't think we have anything coming up here in december but um coming up in february and march uh i will be hosting a series of uh 2 plus 2 uh, pesticide recertification meetings here in Holmesdale. That'll be on March 22nd. Um, I'll be hosting two sessions. And then um, February 15th, I'll be hosting a crop day out in Susquehanna County in Montrose. Um, but if you have any more uh, interest in those or you'd really like to find out more information on uh, other events that we're hosting in the area, uh, you can check out uh, the Penn State Extension website, which is extension.psu.edu, and that'll help uh, you get a lot more information on the events that we have scheduled, um, not only this this winter, but also through the rest of 2023.
1: Okay, and that website again is psu.edu. Anything else you want to tell folks before we get going?
2: No. Nope. Uh, Other than uh, feel free to reach out any time, my phone number at my office is 570-253-5970, extension 4110. Um, We also have an animal science educator, Chelsea Hill, available for your your animal-based questions. But uh, Penn State Extension is here to serve you um, in any way possible.
1: Zach, if you wouldn't mind, could you give that phone number and extension one more time in case anybody was trying to get it?
2: Yep, that's 570-253-5970, and the extension is 4110.
1: We've been talking to new Penn State Extension educator Zach Curtis, who's from Wayne County and in Wayne County. Zach, thanks so much for checking in with us tonight.
2: Yep, thanks a lot.
1: Okay, when we come back, we'll be talking about holidays in the area things that are going on and also an update on a big story of the past year in New York state. Stay tuned.
3: You're listening to the local edition Winner of two Excellence in Broadcasting Awards from the New York State Broadcasters Association. Radio Catskill. Listen local.
0: It's been a big year for Radio Catskill. A new building, new studios, new voices on air, and new partnerships in the community. Be a part of the future we're building here. Do your part to keep local public radio here in the Catskills and Northeast Pennsylvania. Make your year-end donation at wjffradio.org.
3: Hello, my name is John Gordon, and I host a music show right here on WJFF called Ramble Tamble. It airs every Thursday evening from 7 to 9 p.m. I love music, and I play all kinds of different music. That's Ramble Tamble, Thursday nights, 7 to 9, right here on WJFF.
1: And, of course, that's coming right up here after the second half of Local Edition, which is also coming right up. First, I want to remind you about the weather. Uh, some clouds tonight will be clearing out. It's going to be clear and cold tonight, overnight lows in the upper teens tomorrow. Mostly sunny, maybe just a few clouds in the afternoon, high around 40. More clouds coming in and possibly some showers on the late night tomorrow night, but much warmer than it will be tonight. Still below freezing, though. Overnight low down to 28 tomorrow night.
3: Some musical family bands last for decades, others, well, not so much. Next time on the Waggle the Monkeys here on Radio Cats Girl with me, Graham Rice, we're appearing the finest family bands, short lived and long. Join me, please, on Sunday afternoon at 3. WJFF, Jeffersonville, W233AH, Monticello. On air at 90.5 FM.
4: WJFFRadio.org.
3: Listen to us on your smartphone. Download the WJFF app.
4: Listen to us on your smart speaker. Just ask your smart speaker to play WJFF Radio Catskill.
3: Like us on Facebook.
0: And follow us on Instagram.
3: Radio Catskill. Keeping you connected.
1: Welcome back to the local edition news and information to keep you connected in the Catskills and Northeast Pennsylvania We have lots of local holiday events to talk about coming right up in the program. But first, before that, we have the latest developments on one of the biggest news stories of the year. A year ago, a redistricting process began to draw new lines for state-elected office holders in New York State. It ended in acrimony and in court and in no small amount of confusion, as you may recall, if you've been paying attention to New York politics for the last year. But today... New York's Redistricting Commission found accord. Karen DeWitt has more.
2: I want to say I'm excited to work with Commissioner Jenkins.
4: Redistricting Commission Chair Ken Jenkins and Vice Chair Charlie Nesbitt presented a united front, standing together and taking questions from the media after the five Republicans and five Democrats on the board voted unanimously on a set of maps that would reconfigure for the second time since 2020 the state assembly's 150 seats for the next election cycle.
2: We've had some very productive, uh, we've done some very productive work together.
4: It's a marked difference in tone from when the process first began in December of 2021. Then the panel presented dueling maps, one favored by Democrats, the other by Republicans. Democrats who lead both houses of the legislature then approved the maps drawn by Democratic commissioners. But Republicans went to court and won, and a special master drew the new lines for the 2022 elections. The GLP flipped four seats in Congress under the new districts, helping Republicans win narrow control of the U.S. House. The second redrawing of the assembly lines is part of a separate court challenge that could not be resolved in time for the 2022 vote. Nesbitt, a Republican, says this time the process was far more cooperative.
2: There is a, a bipartisan will to get this done in an appropriate way that uh, perhaps didn't exist before this.
4: Jenkins, a Democrat, says the commissioners were also aware that the process this time is under the direction of a court ruling, which commanded the commission to redraw the assembly lines.
3: We're going to follow the law and we're going to work together to get the job done. And the law requires, and that's why there's 10 people, it's an even number of people, it requires the work of compromise Jenkins
4: replaced former commission chair David Amamora. He resigned last month. Amamora told USA Today Network that the process was a spectacular failure. He's now seeking election to the Westchester County Board of Legislators. Government reform groups have called for a restructuring of the commission. A 2021 ballot proposal to make changes to the redistricting process failed. Jenkins and Nesbitt say today's agreement proves, though, that the commission can work. Next, the proposed maps will be subject to public hearings beginning in January. The commission then has a chance to alter the maps, taking into account public input. And finally, the legislature will vote on the new lines. Under the judge's order, they must finish the process by the end of April. In Albany, I'm Karen DeWitt.
1: Thank you to New York State Public Radio Exchange for that report. Now on to the holidays. Something magical is happening this Sunday in Narrowsburg. It's Narrowsburg Holiday Magic, sponsored by the Narrowsburg Chamber of Commerce, Tustin Youth Commission as well. It's an event featuring street food, hot drinks, kids' activities, the tree lighting, and more. Earlier today, Radio Catskills' Patricio Rabio spoke to Kelly Agar from the Narrowsburg Chamber about Narrowsburg Holiday Magic.
5: So the event is sponsored by the Tustin Youth Commission and the Narrowsburg Chamber of Commerce. And the event is happening townwide here in Narrowsburg, and it kicks off around 1130 at the Narrowsburg Union. And then from then on, right up until about seven o'clock, you can expect to find activities happening all over town. Um, from 12 o'clock to four o'clock, Santa Claus will be at Fort Delaware, along with all your favorite characters from Whoville, including the Grinch. We'll have a professional photographer there taking photos of the children with Santa, Um, And then he'll be leaving at 4.30 by fire truck and brought to Main Street for our tree lighting. But also happening at the same time, all over town, you'll have fun activities like sugar cookie decorating, ornament making, Christmas card making, craft making, cupcake decorating, all helped to be put on and sponsored by businesses all over town.
3: This is really a town-wide event, and I'm sure this is not an easy feat to put together Kelly, since you're part of the Nilesburg Chamber of Commerce, can you tell us how this event came to be and how everyone sort of came together to celebrate the holidays?
5: Absolutely, it's a beautiful partnership with the Tustin Youth Commission. Um, we are a board members, uh, a board of nine members, um, appointed by the Town of Tustin Town Board, and working with the Chamber of Commerce, as you know, as a collection of all the businesses in the area. We have a beautiful group of volunteers who donate their time. Um, it's a wonderful thing, as well as financially. So many members of the community and businesses have sponsored this for us because we couldn't do it without them.
3: And what I see on the schedule is a lot of kids' events. And this is great that you have a family event townwide that everyone can enjoy. I see there's a holiday kids' party, and there's also a holiday movie happening. I'm interested in the holiday kids' party. I have a young daughter. Where is this party happening? So
5: like you said, this is for families. It's not just for young children. It's it's for teenagers. It's for the young ones, and it's for your whole family. So um, we also have a horse-drawn carriage ride. So like I said, this is all happening in town between the hours of 1130 and 4 o'clock. Um, the Chi Hive is sponsoring a kids' dance party at their uh, location on Main Street, the Delaware Valley Arts Alliance. They will be hosting along with the River Porter and Growing All Together. That's where the card-making will be. Um, the Sullivan West High School PTSO. They will be doing the sugar cookie decorating here uh, downstairs in our town hall. I mean, there's so many. I don't want to forget somebody. There will be an itinerary put together and dispersed all over town with the um, times, locations, who's sponsoring, and we will also have a list of all of our wonderful sponsors who've donated financially to this. I forgot to mention the horse-drawn carriage ride. That'll be happening from 2 to 6 p.m. On Main Street. And we've had that year after year, and we're so happy to have that brought back. Um, that's a big one. And we're so grateful to sponsors like uh, Ned Lang from Enviro Ventures and the Upper Delaware um, Council, who gave us a grant to put towards this. So without them, this wouldn't happen. And that's a favorite for everybody.
3: We're still in the midst of a pandemic. Cases are happening, uh, RSV is happening, flu is happening. But for me personally, I do get a sense that people do want to go out and do want to enjoy the holidays. I see a lot of people already doing the holiday shopping. I've been to some events already. Pe- people are going out. Do you get that sense that people are, are coming out, gathering again? And you know, especially, you know, coming from the pandemic.
5: Yes, absolutely. And, and really, we went in this direction due to the pandemic because as a Test and Youth Commission, we we for many years focused on trips where we would sponsor trips and opportunities like down to the city, to the various museums. We've gone to Boston for whale watching and the aquarium. But with the pandemic, as you know, all our travel was shut down. And then we started focusing on what we could do more just here in our community. And as we began to gather more and more, Um, We realize our events are growing because the community is responding so beautifully to that. And in fact, last year and the year before, um, our Christmas program really focused on Main Street. But as we see the bigger people turning out, we wanted to provide more. And this community has stepped up and offered, you know, Fort Delaware said, "If we would love to host if we can fit into your plans. And we said, please, absolutely. So we've been able to spread out around town, which should also reduce in theory, the amount of people standing in one area and being outside. Although cold, it's a beautiful thing as far as socially distancing.
3: (laughs) You mentioned the Fort Delaware. I understand there is a toy drive happening, not only at the Fort Delaware, but also on Main Street. Uh, You have several donation boxes. Can you talk about that, about the toy drive and who it benefits?
5: Yes, absolutely. So these toys are being collected and gathered. Um, This was sponsored by the Chamber of Commerce. And um, I believe they're going to be working with the school district to make sure that the toys that are collected are new. So we're asking if you are able to, this holiday season, bring a new unwrapped toy to place into these donation boxes. Uh, The chamber is going to work with the school and make sure they're distributed to children in need in this area.
3: I mean, children are in need all times of the year, but especially this time right now because the economic fallout that we are having, the war in Ukraine and everything else that's happening with inflation rising, everyone's hurting right now.
5: It's hard, absolutely. So if we can support that in any way. And what's more important for us at least in in putting all this together for the town is that everything except food, we will have some food vendors, some food trucks, as well as all of our establishments here in town are going to be running specials. But the activities themselves, going into Fort Delaware, meeting characters, all of the craft making, the carriage rides, this is free. Nobody is charging. We are not making money off the event. We want to be able to provide the community and our surrounding communities with a beautiful Christmas opportunity to celebrate the holiday season. And we know this is a hard time for so many people to come enjoy a day in town with your families and friends at no cost.
3: If Kelly, if someone wants to get more information or you know, just to go over everything that we talked about, where can they go?
5: They can check. We have two Facebook pages: one for the Test and Youth Commission, the other will be the Chamber of Commerce, and that will be Welcome to Narrowsburg. And if you follow them, follow them on Instagram and Facebook, and we'll have signage around town as well.
3: Kelly, before we go. Is there anything that we have not touched on that you want our listeners to know about?
5: Oh, my gosh. There's so much. Um, I think the carriage rides are a big draw and pictures with the big guy (laughs) at Fort Delaware. But also, if you can't make any of that, the tree lighting, which is magic in itself, will be happening at 5 o'clock on Main Street. And that's an opportunity for all the characters who are dispersed around town. They will be gathered there around the tree. We'll have some live music playing, hot cocoa, cookies. Um, so that in itself will be very magical. So please join us for that.
3: We were talking to Kelly Agar from the Narrosburg Chamber of Commerce, talking about the holiday magic that's happening this Sunday in Narrosburg. Kelly, thank you so much for joining us on the program. Thank you for the opportunity. Just to program a programming note that their chamber received a grant from the Upper Delaware Scenic for the horse drawn carriage. For Radio Catskill, I'm Patricio Rabayo.
1: Thank you Patricio for that report. Thank you for listening to the local edition. We've still got some time in the program. Let's actually take a look at some other events that are happening in just the next uh, 7 or 8 days in our area. Holiday events that are happening. Let's get some appropriate music first. There we go. Okay, coming up on Saturday, Sullivan County Historical Society opens its holiday-themed tree exhibit with an open house that's from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Sullivan County Museum in Hurleyville. And that themed tree exhibit and open house, that's part of the Hamlet-wide Holiday in Hurleyville event that includes food, vendors, music, a luminary walk, and a history walk. That's all Saturday in Hurleyville. Info at hurleyvilleartcenter.org. Also on Saturday, there's a kids' holiday baking event in Liberty, Cornell Cooperative Extension of Sullivan County presents a 4 H workshop on foods and holiday baking for kids starting at 10 a.m. The Town of Liberty holiday event lights up Main Street and the Town Hall this Saturday with gingerbread houses, live music, and performances happening on the Parks and Rec stage right across from the Town Hall, including comedian Michael Agunbiade. All starting at 6 Saturday evening. More information at Town of Liberty Parks and Rec on social media. On Sunday, Christmas Magic in Narrowsburg, which we just learned about. That takes place from 4 to 7.30. And looking ahead to Tuesday, it's holiday cooking with essential oils at the Wayne County Library. Participants can sample essential oils and make a gift to take home. Starts 4.30 at the Wayne County Library. On Wednesday, Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol begins its run at the Beekman Arms in Rhinebeck, New York. This is Theater on the Road's 23rd Annual Interactive Dinner Theater Version. Of a Christmas carol. And finally, looking ahead to next week, holiday concerts at the Sullivan County Government Center kick off at noon next Thursday with the Livingston Manor Choir and Band. Sullivan County school musicians will perform in the lobby of the Government Center in Monticello throughout the month of December. All the performances happen during the day, during the week. Full schedule is on the county website and social media. That's going to do it for the local edition tonight. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow night with more. Patricio Robayo will be here in the seat to host the program, and I hope you come back to listen. I've been your host, Jason Dole. Coming up, it's John Gordon, Ramble Tamble. Stay tuned.
0: Support comes from the Homestead School, Montessori Education, preschool through early college with campuses in Glens Bay and Hurleyville, building the intelligence, creativity, connection, and skills for an ecological future since 1978. HomesteadSchool dot com, from the River Reporter newspaper in Narrowsburg, New York, RiverReporter.com dot com, and from listener donations at WJFFRadio dot org.
2: WJFF Jeffersonville, W two three three AH Monticello.
0: Your NVR station for the Catskills in Northeast Pennsylvania. We are Radio Catskill.
2: Your community radio station. Keeping you connected. Radio Catskill.